Welcome to Sparkle and Substack with me, Claire Venus. I'm an engagement consultant and mentor, and I started my journey with Substack in April 2022. My Sparkle and Substack publication was born out of my own journey of being a creative who also writes. I'm so excited to bring you tips, tools, and the voices of brilliant online creatives who are as passionate as me about you staying creative on the platform. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Sparkle on Substack with me, Claire Venus. I'm so excited to have the most amazing guest with me this evening, my time and morning time, her time, I think. Um, so I'm going to let Leonie introduce themselves. They're going to tell us a little bit about who they are in the world and what they do. And then we're going to dive into some questions. So hi. Oh, hi, my darling Claire. It's a joy. We just talked like a week or two ago and I love that we get to do this again it's yeah. just an abundance of riches <laughs> it's so nice because we actually well I feel very connected to you because I've been learning with you for about three years now I bought the first course with you at the very start of the pandemic so we had this like live experience together through money manifesting and multiple streams of income which is one of Leone's amazing courses and it was like live when the pandemic hit the whole world so it was such a precious space to spend time in that's our kind of connect isn't it oh it was it was um, yeah an odd time and also just an enormously blessed time as well like I just yeah. people were so desperate for connection and it was just a joy to be there and to witness people for it and to learn zoom <laughs> yes oh god God's. we were in a real crash course didn't we yeah yeah so would you just tell us a little bit about who you are in the world and what you do that would be so lovely for anybody that doesn't know you I know that I've mentioned you a few times to my online audience which is growing by the day so I would love for you to just do that for anybody who hasn't heard of your beautiful work yet oh you're so lovely and yeah I have a horrible habit of not answering questions so welcome to the Leone <laughs> show it's like a PJ party it's fine yeah um I I what am I? I well, when people ask me what I do, I say I talk shit on the internet. That's that's my job. Um, I write books, so I have my um, my goal workbooks that people can set their goals for their lives and their business for um, the year ahead, and they've been used by like half a million people worldwide now, which is just so delicious and divine. And I can't believe it because I really just made them for me. And now I've just got half a million friends who use them with me, which is really cool. Uh, I also um, create a lot of courses and programs about uh, business and marketing and getting organized and working less and earning more and marketing without social media because I left social media um, for a couple of years and I brought in um, over $2 million without it. Um, so I just taught the techniques I used in that. Um, yeah, just a whole bunch. Whatever topic I get excited about, I teach about it. And, and I also... did, and you're an illustrator as well, right? So you've got this mm. beautiful way of visually communicating, and that's what hooked me in. Like I was like, wow, like this is a completely different way to learn. That's that that was it, really. Mm. I yeah, it's like for me, uh, words are just intrinsically entwined. I can't do without. Um, and uh, oh, I also have my beloved. Um, Brilliant Business Life Academy, which is where I take all of my courses, my workbooks, my coaching, everything I do, and um, I make it super accessible for people to be able to access everything. So they get over $5,000 of my life's work, really. Um, and it's under 100 bucks a year. So it's very accessible and very joyful. We've got over 4,000 members, which is super cool. We've only just, um, it's been less than a year since we opened um and yeah I love being able to serve and love up on people in those ways yeah it's gorgeous and I'm in that space and it's been so expansive for me at this point in my career post-pandemic post-baby now in this kind of space of like looking after a toddler and re-evaluating what I am and what I can do with being such a multi-hyphen in the way that I show up in the world I realized in the pandemic through learning from Leone that actually there are so many different ways to earn money and I'd been really boxing myself in and feeling quite stifled really by this kind of high risk high reward this kind of okay we'll write another big funding bid and there'll be all these amazing artists and creatives as part of it and then we'll get the money and we'll deliver and it'll be amazing and then we'll all lie down for a month like 
I was just so tired of that. And I just really was curious about other ways of being. Um, and I know with like Leone's alumni and people that I've stayed connected to through the courses, like I've just, I've watched it happen online. Like I've watched it happen for them and I've watched them be really brave and show up and I've chatted to them behind the scenes and I've been like, what's that feel like? And I feel like it wasn't my time until it was. And here on Substack, I feel like it's my time and I just feel in, in flow with it all the time. Now, Leonie, I don't think you have dabbled about with Substack. Have you read any Substacks? Have you been on there? Have you got curious yet about Substack as a platform? Oh, I um, I haven't done it myself. Like I've looked at it, I've got, oh, is that something I should explore? But mm. I, I basically already function as a Substack, like, and I have for years in terms of I blog and I have a subscription service, like where people, yeah. people get all my crap. Um, so um, that's it. That's it. And that was exactly what I felt when I was kind of coming up with the questions for you. The first one was around how did you start out blogging and was your blog and your kind of email list, were they kind of a light bulb moment at the same time or did one feed the other? Like, how did that work for you? Ooh, um, I started the blog first um, because this was back in 2004. Yeah, 2004 um, that wow. I started my blog and um, I had only just really heard of blogging and I was like, what? You can write every day and share it with people? Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so obsessed. Please, please, yes. Um, I couldn't wait. And also, like, I'd had this really beautiful experience when I was a teenager. I sent myself to boarding school. I lived on a, on a um, cattle farm. Um, we ha I had one high school that I could go to locally. I, I went to that for a few years, absolutely hated it. And so I told my parents, hey, I'm going to boarding school um, and um, bless them. They were very supportive and they let me choose where I went. And I ended up going to this um, small, um, beautiful boarding school that was filled with kids from very, very remote cattle properties and from um, First Nations communities around Australia and Papua New Guinea. And so it was a very diverse um, and loving group of, you know, of kids and young adults and so I was in a dorm with 20 other girls and um I had a fantastic art teacher and he would give us all these journals these black a4 hardcover journals and he'd oh, say this is your room this is your like this is your space to create and dream when I look at your um when I look at your 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 book, your art journal, I should be able to see like all your thought process, what leads you to create um, your your big art pieces, like all the things that are going on to like the the research, the 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 sketching, all the trying out. Like this is this is your home. And I was like, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. It's amazing. I know he was he was fantastic and then he had and, this like and big you were about what 40 around 14 then something like that I was 16 16 yeah okay, yeah. yeah it was for my higher school years yeah. but yeah um yeah and he had like books on Krishnamurti and all these like very like esoteric um like spiritual teachers and stuff like that and like very 70s music like he was the one who introduced me to James Taylor who was now one of my most beloved musician so it was just a very cool experience honestly um and so I would go into my art journal at the dorm and I would like create and write and add photos and collage and draw and just like pour myself into this combination of writing and um you know whatever artistic representation I wanted and then I um people would see what they're doing and they're like what are you doing and I was like oh my god did you want to read my art journal and they're like yes like isn't this private I'm like no nothing's private um and so they you know somebody would take my art journal and then it would get passed around the dorm and like people would like take turns reading it it was like oh, has Leonie like created the next part of the art journal yet and it like became 
a bit of a thing. And it was just so exciting to me because what happened is when people read my art journal, I felt more connected with them because they would know what was going on with me. But this very much excited me. It inspired them to create their own art journals. And some of them also wanted to share it back. And so I would get to read other people's art journals. And it was this beautiful, like little uh, creative an ecosystem that the more I created, the more it fed the ecosystem and the more I got to consume other people's stuff. And I just was obsessed. Um, so when I heard about blogs, I immediately thought of like, oh my God, this is like sending my journal out into the world again, but I don't have to like go and find it. Like when I want to work on it again, like try and work out which girl's got my, my journal. Um, and so it was just this practice of like, oh, I can like feed the, the creative ecosystem and it thrills me. And also then it might inspire other people to create and then I'll be able to read that stuff and it'll inspire me even more. So yeah, blogging was 2004 and that was really like my main excitement and passion. And I started like building the mailing list sort of on the side. Um, like it was the, the blog always informed the content for the the mailing list uh, but I didn't sort of realize the importance of a mailing list until a little bit later maybe 2008 or so so I focused more on the blog first yeah wow and just listen to you tell that story there like that that is it isn't it that is the way the internet works the way that mm. you worked in that like little microcosm of everybody like connecting to your work and then feeling inspired and I guess for you, it was just flowing out, right? It was just like, yeah. I want to make this. This is making me really happy and making me feel really connected. And I can just like lock on with these ideas. And then to them, they were like, I might try that, right? Yeah, it was just this amazing little peri petri dish, really. Mm. And um, there, I it's just something that I would do no matter what. You know, like even if it didn't turn into a job or anything, it was just the most fun ever yeah so nice. and I think that permission slip as well from that teacher or tutor or whatever that gave you this like precious black book I was imagining it sort of a4 size like quite spacious. it is was it your a4? yeah yeah so that's an amazing permission slip to be like here's your home go forth create like how amazing and yeah Sometimes it is just that, isn't it? Like, I think that a lot of the conversations that I have with the people who I chat with on Substack are like around this kind of permission or around this heavy rule book of social media. And like, these were the rules on social media. Like we must play by the rules of social media. And it's like, no, no, you don't have to do that on Substack. You can just create. There is no algorithm and they are supporting you to meet other people and other creators. And it started out as a writer's platform and then very quickly was like more illustrators and more kind of hybrid creatives like myself. And I was like, this is the most fun ever. And just kind of put social media down for a while just because it was fun. It was more fun. And I, I feel like every time I opened social media, I was having to be like my own therapist. And I was like, oh, I was just, you know, it just feels a lot. And on Substack, it just felt spacious and it just felt an invitation to be creative and to take up space. And I was like, I'm ready for that. You know, I'm ready for that. And I totally connect with that stuff that you were saying about old school blogging. Lots of people have related it to that. And I never really did that. I tried to start one. It was called run with your heart, not with your legs. <laughs> Like yes. Yes. <laughs> I agree with that. Right. And I didn't really know, you know, I was talking about baking cakes and running marathons. That was, those were like my two things, but it was creative, right? It was just like a space. And I think that I didn't understand what I plugged into, whereas it sounds like from the off, you were plugging into something you were co-creating with the other people in the room and the other people at the school and stuff. And then that's kind of continued right online. It's just spilled into that and continues yeah like it's like for me my two main mottos is create and share mm. like and it feels like to me creating is interwoven with the sharing like I can't quite like I can't separate them and I've never been able to really separate them like it doesn't mean that everything I create is for public consumption yeah. it's just that I derive an enormous amount of joy um, from being able to share and um you know, whether it comes back because somebody has emailed in, you know, I wrote this um, like illustrated zine about 
experiencing hyperemesis gravidarum, which is a um, chronic pregnancy illness. And for my own personal therapeutic um, things, I needed to write about it because it was so horrific to go through. So I created this zine and I put it out in the world and, um, and like, you know, I just wanted to share. I just wanted to offer it up. And I felt enormously healed from that. But, you know, I still get emails from people who um, have found it via Googling, you know, hyperemiscrepidarum, or they've been given it but because um, now some um, midwives and things like that keep, us, keep it as a resource for people. Um, and, um, you know, I just get these emails, like, I was feeling so alone in this hell, and oh my gosh, you actually understand me, and I created that 10 years ago, and it just brings so much comfort to my heart to know that that creation didn't just heal me, but also offered a handout to another person who was suffering. That's so, so beautiful as well. I know that you did one for the pandemic. I can't remember what you called it, but I remember that I printed it and like stuck it inside another like hand-stitched journal that I'd made. And I would like sit in the garden pregnant with my daughter and like just colour bits of it in and just think about those invitations. And I really think it set the tone for our pandemic experience. Like we had the most beautiful time, you know, there was tadpoles in the pond. Like I watched the garden for the it felt like for the first time like since we'd moved to Northumberland and it just slowed everything down and I think it was just that kindred spirit reminding me like it's okay to take time over creativity because my creativity for work had just been so fast-paced for so long and plugging into communities that felt really stretched and were dealing with like so many difficult issues it always felt so heavy so I would come home and just be like wow like I really want to do this work, but I don't know how much longer I can do it for. And then with this, it was just this gentle invitation to do the work just from my doorstep, you know, just to colour in a little bit, have a chat with a neighbour, have a think about something else. And it's like this beautiful keepsake now. So I totally connect, even though I didn't have that pregnancy condition. It just sounds like an awful experience for people. So, but yeah, it's pure magic, your work. I love it. Oh, that makes me so happy. And I like, I do have a special place in my heart for the... The, the quarantine planner, I assume it is. Yeah. And I just like, I wanted to <laughs> I create like, you know, a time. Yeah. Yeah. That was it. Just like, how do we want to spend our time? What do we want to do? Like, what would be, um, yeah, like some, and some creative ideas. And you're right. Like, I still remember with real tenderness, like, because I feel that I made it for myself and then I share it with the world. And, um, but I remember what I created, wrote in there myself. And um, I love that you talk about the tadpoles. I, uh, we had a um, swarm of butterflies um, and it was like, it was just because of the weather conditions and um, from three months ago. And then they, um, they, you know, they traveled up the coast um, to get to like their next breeding ground. And for, so for like a week, we had just swarms of butterflies and they all just go in the same direction. And I remember riding bicycles with my kids and we just covered in butterflies um, as we did it. And of course, the world was so quiet because everyone was at home and it was like, I don't know, it was just the most euphoric experience. Like, I cannot believe that we're getting to bicycle with butterflies. What an amazing, and uh, there were moments like that, and definitely for us as well, where they just felt otherworldly and majestic and like, wow, we've been doing life wrong, actually. Mm. Like, not wrong, wrong, but like we haven't been listening and we haven't been seeing, like we think we do, we do a meditation or go to a yoga class and it's like, yeah, I'm listening, I'm switched on, I'm universally connected, it's all good. And then the universe actually presents these vignettes to you and you're like, wait, no, now I'm listening. Like when it's as majestic and beautiful as that, how incredible, what type of butterflies were they? Can you remember? Oh, they were, they were all kinds. It had like, it was all yeah, like there, it was just amazing. Lots of monarch butterflies um, were part of it, but it was just, it was incredible. 
How amazing. That's so cool. Um, right, I'll stick to my questions because we just will chat about beautiful things. Um, I know. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about being social media optional and the way that you currently show up and why. I know you'll have tried lots of different ways within your business and I see you on the platforms that I use. My husband's always like, did you see Leonie's video today, which I love. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. Um, and I just wondered how it feels to you right now and how you're creating like the logistics of that. I know you've got a team that you work with and obviously you're compelled to create and share your voice, but how's it all working? Mm. You know, it's still like a, it's an experiment for me. So I came back onto social media at the start of this year. Um, I, it was surprising um, that I wanted to do it, but I realized that by having this rule, like I will never go on social media again, I will never create on social media again. It was um, starting to become like, it just, it didn't feel right anymore. Like I didn't want to have any rules in my creativity. I just wanted to show up wherever I wanted to show up, however I wanted to show up and be free to ex like experiment. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'm just going to try it out. If it sucks, obviously I just go back off it again. Um, and so I, um, I've always like, I'm pretty good at like, not, I don't have any social media apps on my phone. And when I do, I tend to get in trouble because it's just this scrolling thing. So uh, where I've gotten to the point is I have no social media apps on my phone. I also have Facebook and Instagram blocked as websites on my phone. I'm just trying to stop any compulsion to scroll or just check. Do you know what I mean? Um, I also have everything blocked on my computers. Um, and so when I actually want to you know, actually look at comments, which is, to be honest, not very often. Like I um, only check them maybe once a week. My my assistant will look at them every day and like answer, like, you know, work DMs or anything like that. Um, but um, when I do go like, okay, I'll, you know, I feel like I want to go check some comments. Then I set like a timer on. Um, Got that same one. <laughs> really? Yeah, exactly it's the greatest the, <laughs> the visual timer yeah I don't use it but my husband loves it yeah oh it's so. yeah it's just so helpful just to know how much time is left mm. uh, so you know I set 10 minutes I have a little list of things that I want to do in that time like I'll respond to these comments look at those comments check if there's any dms that because my assistants will leave private dms in there for me um so go have a look and then I get off and get on with my life. Like I really don't look at what other people um, create. Um, the only exception to that is on Friday nights, me and my two kids, uh, we curl up in bed together and we watch TikToks uh, for an hour uh, before bed. And that's our end of week retreat. And it's really cute and it's really connecting. So um, I find when I do get sloppy with those rules, my mental health and my creative confidence and mindset definitely does get affected. And so I have to be really strict on those things. In terms of creating the content, um, I, for me, it's been helpful to have um, a scheduler. So I use SmarterQ, but there's heaps out there. Um, not to say that SmarterQ is, is the best or anything like that. It's just where I ended up. Um, and so what I, what we did was went through, you know, my archive of social media work, the stuff that I was really proud of and the stuff that people resonated with. And we added into the library of content there and um, it gets recycled. And um, so that it, it gets reshared, it gets reposted when it starts like, you know, just becoming a bit old or doesn't resonate anymore then it just gets removed from that library um, so it doesn't get recycled again and again um, and then when I'm inspired or we've created a new resource or oh, you've got new hair oh I've got new hair, oh my new God. hair. <laughs> I saw a post today about the new hair and I was like wow look at the new hair it's amazing love it I know I'm so excited. So it's just hair and yet it's not symbolic there's, of everything. There's, there's that lovely story behind it and I'm so connected to that and so will lots of people, you know, sitting in the hairdressers is not where any of us really want to spend time, I don't think, but, you know, sometimes we get called to do that. I have recently for all sorts of reasons and I really did resonate with that post. It was great. Oh, that makes me so happy. And yeah, whenever I just have those ideas, I just go into SmarterQ and I add it to the add it to the queue. Yeah. And of course, that won't get recycled because it's just a 
um, you know, a moment in time one. Um, but it means that I now have like enough content in there that basically like um, it's like the next 400 days has new original content going out every day. Yeah. That must feel really nice just to know that's all kind of taken care of. And then obviously the reason that you're doing it is because it's going to fuel your business and it's going to fuel your business model and allow you to kind of work part-time hours and do all the other things that you love to do. I know you love to read and, you know, the spend time with the family and all of that sort of stuff. And so it's that permission slip, isn't it? To kind of go again, the permission slip, we've got to write that out. Um, but yeah, it's like, that's done. I've got my Fridays. I've got my TikTok night with the kids, which sounds really fun. Um, yeah, so clever, so smart. Yeah. And it's just, you know, those boundaries, isn't it? And so when you were off social media, did you, I mean, how was that for the business? Like, obviously, you've got all of this amazing content out there and people sharing your work and affiliates and all that sort of stuff. So did you feel like the business felt held or did you feel like, whoa, might have to go back on? Or like, what was it like? Ooh. I never thought of going back on for mm. like that reason at all. It was more the creative rule thing that really chafed me. Um, <laughs> chafed. Yeah. It's a good word. Um, like the rebellion against your own rules. It's I know. Brilliant. I love it. I know. I, yeah. I cannot have many rules of myself. Even like I noticed like having to-do list planners and stuff like that, I like – I'll do it for two weeks and then I get the shits with it. I'm like, well, I'm not even going to follow these rules anymore. Like this is boring. And so I've got to try something else. So I have like this whole plethora of different planners and then I have like different programs. And then at the moment I'm using sticky notes on my, um, my computer like to catch my to-do list it doesn't matter um what I use it, I just need change and I don't need any rules nobody needs to tell me I'm going to do something every single week otherwise I will die from boredom so <laughs> yeah, I have it's, no it's idea experiment. What... I like that yeah yeah um in terms of like how the business was held by social media uh, w- without social media um it's because I really relied so like really invested so much time on building my mailing list and creating a really um, beautiful connected relationship with my people on there. So I already know that people on my mailing list, are well, this is not even just mine, but from statistics that are nothing to do with my business. Okay, Google, stop. Sorry, that's my morning alarm that's just gone off. Good morning. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, now it's just killed my brain. Oh, yeah. So statistically, uh, people on your mailing list are 40 times more likely to buy from you than a social media follower. That's like four zero, not 14, 40. Um, So if you want to grow your revenue 40 times more, like spend more time like investing in your mailing list than in social media. So I've always placed the highest emphasis on my mailing list and making sure that I turned up for them every single week, created created good free content for them, um, you know, was of service and um, gave them opportunities to dive deeper into the work with me as well. And so um, I've got, I don't know, 50,000 odd people on my mailing list and um, that, that's really like the driver. Those, those are my people. Those are the ones that have been around for a really long time with me. I have so many people who've been following me since um, the early, like 2004, the early blog days and wow. earlier um, because I was on message boards before that, before social yeah. media, because it hadn't been invented yet. I'm so old on the internet. <laughs> it's so funny because one of the questions that I had for you was about if we went back to the beginning of the internet. So the beginning of the internet for me was I was still at school. I was like year seven, so like 11, 12. And there were these chat rooms upstairs in the computer room. And all the girls were like, oh, my boyfriend's in a chat room. What does it mean? And I was like, oh, what's the internet? And then that carried on for a little bit. And at university, there was a computer room. And we used to go to the computer room with like alcohol and write our dissertations. It was just wild. It was ridiculous. And that's when I got my first hotmail. So I was like 18. And then like the internet was like, okay, like it's a search engine. Like it didn't become a creative tool until way, way later. So Mm. yeah, I wanted to ask you, like, if you went back to the beginning of the internet, would you do anything differently? Like, 
would you set out your stall differently? Would you make different decisions? Are you really happy with all of the kind of testing and adjusting that you've done? No, I'm so happy with the testing and adjusting I've done (laughs) and also the fun I've had along Mm -hmm. the way. So, you know, before blogs were invented um, and, well, you know, they were around before then, but 2004 was when they really kind of started appearing, like, you know, authors started using them, Um, you know, very early adopter authors started using them and some creative people. And that was like, this is very exciting. I need to make a blog. Um, but before that, um, I was obsessed with message boards. So they were like PHP BB bulletin boards and, um, the author Sark who wrote Succulent Wild Woman and just a massive amount of other brilliant, beautiful books. She, um, bless her, was a very early adopter. So she had, um, a PHP BB for her fans, for her for her readers and it was massively um popular it was very very exciting and so um well it seemed to me at that early point that was very exciting there was maybe like how many maybe 30 new posts a day in there but long and then the comments that were written were very long as well and it was people would spend a lot of time crafting their response to people to other people um and I was enchanted I was absolutely enchanted because here was this group of of um women and they were sharing the truth of their lives and I think that's the beauty of Sark as well she always says speaks about the truth of her life like the uncomfortable stuff and the big stuff and the beautiful stuff so to see these brave colorful women doing the same thing was just lit me up with so much excitement so 2001 I started participating in that message board um and I, of course, would start sharing my my stories, my photographs, what I made that weekend, all that kind of stuff. And um, that was the place that I first got hired. Um, somebody was like, oh, I love it. Would, would I be able to buy that artwork from you? And I was like, someone's going to pay me to do something I love? What the heck? I'm just, I still imagine just the absolute disbelief and excitement at that. Um, and I feel really honored as well because I so many of those people that I knew from that message board still follow me to this day. And I just did like private coaching rounds last year of like people paid $5,000 to do like a group coaching program. And somebody from that message board who I hadn't really like talked to one-on-one in that time, she just always just kind of followed along what I was doing. She signed up for the coaching. She was like, oh, hi again, Leonie. It's been 21 years, but... <laughs> I'm here. And I was like, what an incredible, you know, thing that people still know me and love me and trust me and have followed this journey the whole way through. What a freaking blessing. How cool is that? Isn't it like such a privilege as well? For, and as well, because I'm listening to this, like I was more nervous about finding my space online. Like I think I, you know, overthought it a lot and wondered about like different filters of like maybe commissioners or employers that might see it or stumble across it. And then there's been so much crossover with like, is Instagram like okay for work? Is Twitter work? Now there's LinkedIn, like LinkedIn's definitely work. So for me, it's taken a bit longer and I'm just so fascinated in how you were able to just like take up space. You know, you were just mm-hmm. like, I'm here, I've arrived. You know, you've spoken about your art journals and that sort of thing, but do you think it was just in you, like in terms of like, this is my heart-centered path, I'm on it, I'm taking up space. Like, does it always feel like easy and just you're happy to do it yeah sorry yeah don't be sorry I mean it's amazing isn't it it's amazing yeah well it just seems like why wouldn't I share it because it brings me so much joy to create it and then if it means that I get to connect with other really cool people um that is my jam um And, you know, also I recognize now, like I am a late diagnosed autistic person. I have ADHD as well. Um, That was a beautiful friendship ground for me as well. Um, It was one of the first place, 
you know, it was it, like for, it was where I learned how to be friends with other women and they modeled such beautiful friendship behaviors to me. And, you know, the least I can do is like offer up like a little penguin, the shiny little rock that I've just made or found like, oh, see this. And they're like, oh, what a beautiful rock. And I'm like, oh, I'm really doing this friendship thing so well. So well, so well. And that's the thing. It can feel easy or maybe easier. And I know I yeah. found this like in terms of and not even like an online persona thing, because I've really just just shown up as myself I used to kind of Instagram story when I was about to go into work and like we had artists working with kids and I would be saying I'm so excited to go in and this is what we're doing today and I'm going to share some photos and stuff like that and let you know and like people were really compelled to like reply and all that sort of thing and then the other stuff I guess kind of spilled out from that and I was more confused after that like I knew what I was doing with that bit but then the other bits and that this is the kind of multi-hyphen mess that I got myself into a little bit I think I think it just started to feel complicated to kind of show up and say the things that I wanted to say and the easiest time was during the pandemic so during pregnancy and the pandemic which is this whole kind of reshaping of my life and a whole reimagining of that female lineage and you speak about this a lot like I've, I've kind of really connected to your teachings on this but I realized that I had a lot of healing to do on my female line and that was why I was really struggling to take up space like to try and share my gifts with the world because I felt like I'd had to model another way of being just to kind of fit in and just to be employable and to keep in this cycle of being self-employed in the arts and cultural sector and it was like crushing you know and you showed me another way to that and I'm so grateful for that oh bless you and yeah I just like I never see risk really um and that's all you know not always a great thing but then I'm still alive so it doesn't matter (laughs) Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and I guess you'll have like tightened up your boundaries. Like there was a masterclass I was watching where you were like, if you have these opinions, don't email me. I'll not be reading them. Have a lovely time sending the emails. They'll not even get to me. And I love that. I was just like, yes, because obviously the bigger your presence gets online and the more people and like the more you are yourself, the more people want to be like, mm, I'm not sure about that. And like I've had it a few times on Substack and Substack is an amazingly positive place. But I think a couple of people have been like, mm, I just want to be a bit sarcastic to her or whatever else. And I'm like, okay that's fine and it is sort of fine for now but it wouldn't have been a few years ago I would have been totally crushed you know so it's yeah. that isn't it like okay just this is me and you don't get to kind of come into my world yeah yeah like you know like anybody who leaves a shit comment on my like on any social media or um, they'll just get immediately banned and blocked and deleted yeah, like we like we it. don't even yeah. respond like yeah. we are as, as Brene Brown says we are not like the jackass whisperers we don't we don't try and turn around the assholes of the world that's That's what the rest of the internet's for go fuck off and do that yeah and there are Um, plenty of places for that aren't there yeah just go find those yeah yeah go find those and then I also like I do you know as much as I'm an open heart I do have some um strong kind of creative rules for myself so I don't publicly share photos of my family or um, stories of really you know kind of who they are I used to when my eldest was um, very young um, was it was a baby and a toddler and um, then some some things happened I experienced some some trolling and some a level of fame that um, I just wasn't comfortable with exposing my family to. I'm fine with exposing myself to, um, but not my family. So um, I kind of shut down those kinds of things. And uh, I also don't share when I'm going through a difficult time. Like I usually share from it later once it's healed. Um you know, if it's just like a hard time where I'm like, oh, I'm going through this thing, it's really hard. I know I'll get through it. Yeah, of course I'll share that. But if I'm in the middle of like a, a depressive episode or, um, you know, something really big and really fucked is happening, no, I'm not going to share about it until it's, you know, I've healed enough from it from 
to get the insight. And also I don't want the internet to be my therapist. Yeah. That's what that's what my therapy, that's what therapy's for. That's yeah. also like, you know, that's I'm supposed to go talk to my husband and, you know, my dearest friends and my mentors when those mm-hmm. things happen. I don't I don't use the internet for those things. And yeah. I'm not, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, I, lo- I love hearing about that from you and I love how open you are about therapy. So in the UK, like we've been relatively closed off to it and I have said a few times about like therapy so I had some postpartum therapy and I was really open about that I was delivering an arts council funded project at the time for mothers and I wanted to be really open about that and that felt really right to be open about that and then there have been other things that I definitely have needed therapy for that I just don't feel like I need to speak about with anybody else you know and it's like sometimes there's this kind of sliding scale where someone will reflect back like you're so confident or you do this so well you make it seem effortless and then it really jars and I'm like oh I probably need a therapist to speak about with you know because you're like I don't know what I what you think I am or what I've created online but I like I'm just me you know I'm just me I get nervous and anxious about things like anyone would and I'm working through all my things behind the scenes so it just I'm still you know walking that tightrope of if I show up confidently because I feel confident and I've set out, you know, the environment to help me, you know, my daughter's at nursery and I've had a good breakfast and I'm ready, you know, like that is me bringing my full confident self, but that's not me, like who I am in the evenings at home with my husband, you know? So Mm. that's really interesting, isn't it? Like that part when, when it gets reflected back, like you've Mm. seen this and you're like, Oh, oh, do I? Okay. (laughs) You know? Okay. That's cool. And also, like, you know, so much of it is, like, people's projections as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember years ago, and I still remember it because I just thought it was so hilarious. Um, a, um, a, you know, a customer emailed in with just an absolutely ridiculous request. And my assistant emailed back and said, no, no, we don't do that. And she flew into a rage and said, you don't know who Leonie is. You haven't even checked with Leonie. If you checked with Leonie, um, she would say yes, because Leonie is an innocent child of play and love, and she would never say no to anybody. And I was like, fuck no, incorrect. That is absolutely incorrect. I am not an innocent child. Like I'm a full-grown fucking adult and I do say no and savvy as well super savvy and boundaries you know like wow okay so so somewhere somewhere in that person's mind it was like this is all going to be okay because she'd built that up like in a way absolutely absolutely and also feel like they know you or something yeah yeah absolutely and also like of course like that would be something for them to work on themselves you know this Mm -hmm. idea that you can only be playful and loving and childlike if you never say no to anyone. Like that is a, like, it's very dangerous when you look at that yeah. from that perspective. Yeah. 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 And I think one of the things that when I listen to your podcasts, where you do, you love be singing and you're like, here I am. <laughs> I'm in the car. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I was just like, thank goodness, thank goodness. So I consumed so much podcast content on the commutes to work and like a lot around creatives, like online and people being creative outside of the typical way that I was. And I was like, so into it, but it was so polished. And I was like, how on earth, like, how would I even script an intro? How would I even structure a conversation? It's like so sophisticated and it's like, yeah. it must have been talked for hours and then edit it down, you know, and the jingles and all that. And then there's you and you're just like, I'm just going to have a little chat with you about some things. And it's so valuable. And I feel like I have been able to show up and podcast on Substack and say, like, you know, I've got half an hour left of my working day. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast for 10 minutes. I'm going to show up, press record, talk for 10 minutes, turn it off, post it. Like, Perfect. it's been amazing. Perfect. Yeah. 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 And like, it just makes me laugh as well, because, you know, I'd been thinking about doing a podcast and then I was like, oh, I don't want to do all that other shit, like the well, editing things. and the, yeah. the jingle, the polishing, the topic, the preparation, like, fuck no, that's, it's just not my jam. So I just, um, and that's why I called it what I did. Leonie Dawson refuses to be categorized because I didn't want to say what the podcast would be about. I didn't want to like put myself in a box. Yeah. I don't want to follow my own rules. And I also, and 
it's just a running joke now. So I have a jingle, but it's just me just singing whatever god awful tune I've made up for Leonie Dawson reviews to be categorized that day. Like it's not a recorded thing. Like I haven't got out my ukulele and sung a little song and used that as a jingle. No, it's just like, ah, hey everyone, la 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 la. Leonie Dawson reviews to be categorized. You're here. Yes, we did it. That. Straight away, I'm just like, this is brilliant. This is exactly what I need. Like, I think the last one I listened to you was just telling me about you running out of breakfast that you really liked. Oh my and God. I was just laughing. And it's like, it's like, yes, thank goodness. You know, like we can be too sincere and too serious. And that just gets really wearing because how do you keep that up? Like, we've got to, we haven't got to, but it's nice to smile and it's nice to laugh and it's nice to feel connected to people running out of breakfast, like normal things, you know? Yeah, yeah, I was so cranky that day. I was like, my <laughs> day is fucked. <laughs> it's like I just want you all to day. know. Yeah, it just it just throws everything. I know that's the thing. It's it's so so beautiful to talk to you. And I think just before we finish, because I know time's precious, and I'm so grateful that we were able to do this. Um, I wanted to ask you if you had to ask somebody who is listening to find you just in one place so one of my aims with sparkle on substack and the the teachings that i have around slow-lived creativity and intentional creativity is to try and make it spacious so i'm trying to just kind of go just go one place like don't feel like you've got to follow this person all over the internet like just go to one place and hang out with them in that one place so would it be your freebies page like would you want them to find you on tiktok like what would you want for them right now like where would they find you Honestly, just my website, leonidawson.com. And you can just go and play there for a little while if you like. You can go to the free shit page. I have heaps and heaps of freebies from like guides about marketing to like 300 page coloring books to meditations to whatever the heck I've created next. Um, there's my blog there. It's, you know, been running for nearly 20 years. You can go dive into that if you like, but really just whatever resonates with you, whatever you like to, to pick up and look around. And I think like immediately when you go to my website, you'll be like, oh, she's one of my people or eh, I don't get it. And either response is completely valid. So just like, just go continue following people that light you up and who are the right fit for you you know that is such such good good advice and that's really what I wanted to to end with like obviously you create in a way that is really authentically just you and you've learned so many amazing things in the process of creating online and I just wondered if you had a couple of pieces of advice or one thing that you wanted to say to people and usually my people are like coming away from social media burnt out and finding substack and being like thank goodness thank goodness I've got more space thank goodness I can finally do the thing of building an email list thank goodness there are people that actually like genuinely want to connect and it's not that weird like fake comment and fake follow for follow thing there's like none of that so they're they're really finding solace in this long form space and they feel quite confused and burnt out by other platforms that they might have built or they've deleted them entirely like there's quite a few people that have connected with me that are like I've just deleted them all Claire and I'm here now like show me what to do and I'm like okay okay that's good okay we can do that so just to give you an idea that's the sort of that's the sort of creative that seems to be stepping into my world and I'm so grateful that they're finding me and I'm finding them I find a real connect but what would you what would you say to them like what would you have to say to them about their creativity and you know where they are right now feeling sort of anxious and burnt out and going this is my last shot at being online Mm. I'll just ask I always like to ask guides first yeah to see if they have any things they want to say okay um it they said it was never meant to break you in order to create and they want you to find the places the spaces the ways that you can create that feels joyful and loving and good to you and it feels like it could be something that you could do for the rest of your life because it's just so lovely you know and 
to enjoy the energy of it, to know that you are being healed with every word that you write and that your work then goes on to help and heal so many others. They want you to be joyful. They want you to create. They want you to share your story. And they want you to find solace in that. That makes so much sense. That's so beautiful. So, so beautiful. I'm so grateful for that insight from you and all of your earthly wisdom, as well as universal wisdom that you've brought to the call, to the podcast today. We, um, You were kind of getting ready, but I was picking these cards for us and for our call. So these are my friend Sarah's oracle cards. She calls them the Kindle deck. And we had awaken flow and magic um can't remember what order they came out in but these are the cards and they're all of leonie's i really recognize this is leonie's colors i know you wear different colors as well you've kind of got turquoises and stuff going on but i was like wow so yeah so it's been totally magical and beautiful to speak to you i'm so so grateful um for you being here um thank you all for listening thank you leonie um and go to our website. I started at freebies. That was my journey. And then I'm three years in and I think four courses deep now. So I'm trying to like, you know, I think the only calls it an Eleanor, the enthusiast, I'm ticking through all the things that I've got to do. And I'm currently in marketing without social media. So I'm in the PDFs of that and I'm having such a nice time. It is a wonderful resource. It gets you to really think outside of being hooked into any screen time you know it's just like okay like (laughs) think about screens just not being a one right now like what else is out there and it's expansive you know I was like well what could there be to say there's a lot to say so yeah I'm a big advocate of that and I've already just started so thanks for that oh I love you Claire it's I'm so (laughs) glad that we connected and thank you for supporting these beautiful writers and creatives on Substack and Um, I love the the community and the creative culture that you're creating there. Thank you. Thanks so, so much for listening to Sparkle on Substack. There's a whole community over on Substack to connect and chat with. If you'd like to leave me a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, I'd absolutely love that. See you next time. And remember, great oaks grow from tiny acorn seeds. Sending sparkles to you for your day ahead.